You're listening to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training, helping you guide your group through its study of the storyline of Scripture. Hey there, thanks for joining us for the Weekly Leader Training for the Gospel Project for Adults. I'm Aaron Armstrong, and with me is Brandon Hildebeidel. Brandon, we are having some fun here because we're taking another little deviation post-Christmas um, from Acts. Um, as we look at Unit 28, Session 3, Showing Christ in Times of Trial. So uh, we are going to be bouncing around 1 Peter 1, 1 through 3, 7 in this session, which, um, like I said, it's a bit of a jump from our normal chronological progression, but it's really important uh, to the overall context of what's coming as we see the early church continue to grow and continue on in its mission in Acts. So this session and next, we're both going to be in. We're going to be in both of Peter's epistles, yeah. um, but in this session, the big idea that we want people to walk away with is that Jesus gives His people eternal life, purpose, and hope, so that they can maintain joy in trials as they seek to display faith in Christ that will draw others to Him. So, in other words, how we how we live joyfully in Jesus because of the gospel. Um, should be an opportunity for people to come and see and know Jesus as a result and hear about him because you have to tell people about yeah. him. <laughs> this was, uh, I said a couple of weeks ago that I thought this unit, it was tough to identify what was most important in each session, what was a key yeah. takeaway. This, I thought, was the most difficult. I put down that all three points of this <laughs> session are most important. Yep. Um, if I had to pick a key takeaway... Uh, I would pick the purposefulness of trials. That's what you want. Your, if your people are only going to leave with one thing, I would say that's what you want them to leave with. We have an imperishable treasure, but in Jesus, our trials are also treasures. So f- f- we can't lose what we have, and we have glory awaiting us, but even in the meantime, the suffering is beautiful. Um, our trials separate reality from triviality as God works to make us more like him and therefore more joyful, more faith-filled and whole. Um, and I guess in that sense, then the key verse would be, Peter said, you rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which though perishable is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's just a, what a concept, what a verse. And so if at all possible, you want the people in your group and in some way, they're all suffering this week. Mm-hmm. They're all suffering right now. You want them to, the, this, it sounds almost strange to say, but you want them to leave like anticipating the fruit of the frustration that they're feeling. Like they're feeling it. They've got their pain. They've got their trial. They've got their suffering. You want to help them leave anticipating the fruit of that, so expecting it that they're looking for it. You want them expecting, looking for the value, the glory, the growth in their trials. God's going to make sure that it's there. He's promised that he will. So I think the key takeaway is to make sure they're looking for it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I would definitely echo that. Um, I would encourage leaning into point uh, point two, which is uh, is really kind of in that space that, that you're that you're living in by because by and large, Christians today in our context do not know how to suffer well. This whole idea that suffering is purposeful is foreign to us. And I mean, just think about how 
people have responded to the pandemic, job loss, health issues, even just the 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 recognition, the forced recognition that your job security is somewhat of an illusion. Yeah. Um, any of these kind of things, you name it, how a Christian, we all struggle with this. I know I've been struggling with this a great deal that like, cause I mean, it's no secret. There's been a lot of turmoil here at <laughs> yeah. Lifeway. Um, we've been very public about it. Um, and some days are easier to trust Jesus than others right. in that. But what we need to remember out of this session is how a Christian is called to suffer is knowing where our hope lies. So it's not in our comfort. It's not in our status. It's not in our job security. It's not in our bank accounts. Yep. It's just in Jesus. And so this is a really great session to remind us all of that. And it's been really good for me to just reread it, <laughs> um, you know, just getting ready for th- for this discussion, especially at the close of a year that has been a dumpster fire yeah. and a challenge for so <laughs> many people. Yeah, sure. Um, speaking of challenges. Yes. Uh, the, I want to identify a challenge that might come up when you're teaching this session. This is a bit unique, I think. Um, yeah, a little. Uh, the The third point, the third point uh, related to authority feels uh, timely. A little uh, providential, so, perhaps. So we're we're recording this <laughs> right now. It's mid September. Yep. And between now and the time this session will be taught in classes and in groups, we're going to elect a new president. And it's I don't know who the president is going to be as you're listening to this as I'm saying it. Yes. But it's possible, nay, likely that one way or another, somebody in your group isn't going to be excited. Uh, about the re- uh, results of the election, that they may not even be over it yet. Um, and I think you're going to have to guard against letting this session, especially this third point, become a, a, a political discussion um, mm-hmm. it, in the negative sense that we're accustomed to attempting to avoid. Um, and a way that you might do that, I think, is by drawing the distinction between how we think about God and how we think about the emperor in verse 17. It says we honor the emperor but it also says that we honor everyone, right? We honor everyone. We honor the emperor. It's different when he talks about God. He says we are to fear God. Mm-hmm. We, we fear God. We honor the emperor. We honor everyone. We fear God. And if the conversation gets too focused on political leaders that people like too much or dislike too much or whatever it may be, I don't know what the world's going to be like in December. Uh, but you can pull the attention of the group back to the ultimate authority of God by pointing out that distinction there. And uh, that's something that, that you might want to look out for. Oh, absolutely. And and I would affirm that, you know, because of this, you are going to have some tricky waters to navigate, um, but not just in terms of um, thinking about the perspective of, you know, who's who's in charge, who's not, whether we like that person. This really leans heavily into that verse 17 that you were des- you were describing. So lean into verse 17, challenge your group wherever they land on this political spectrum to think like a Christian about whomever wins the election. Yeah. So sure. here's what that means. That or and, but first what that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean that we that we think um we think about this um from the perspective of platforms and positions um necessarily. 
honestly, all Christians should feel uncomfortable with every with every political platform and party that's out there um, because we shouldn't fit neatly into any yeah. any block. Um, and as a Canadian who lives in America, <laughs> I can't vote, so I have no say. So just for the record, I am neutral. We'll get it right for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I live with the I live with the results of whatever decisions you guys make. So um, let's take it back to the to the key takeaway. Yes, we're getting finish. there. We're getting there. <laughs> so uh, what this means really is is considering. Oh, I jumped too soon. Forgive it's okay. Me. It's okay. Um, what this means though is is considering how we can live as a witness for Christ in light of whomever is in office. So how can we honor them? while not always affirming them. And those are key that those are key key distinctions. Honor does not always mean affirm. You can say that what someone does is wrong um, while being respectful. You can also affirm someone you disagree with while still disagreeing with them. It's possible to do both. And so that is how we need to think about that. So um, how can we how basically how can we take back the political discourse and allow it to be an opportunity in the church for us to honor one another and to show the love of Jesus toward other people? So. Yeah, I feel the the tension of this session, even in here talking about it, Um it's going to be it's going to be hard to get it could very very easily end up feeling like two Sunday school classes or two group discussions mm-hmm. um, because of how of how uh where the text takes us um from point 2 to point 3 uh but let me pull us back to 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 the point 2 in the leader guide and to the key takeaway that we discussed earlier i just want to leave with an encouragement uh, for the leader to try something um so i would recommend that you as a leader actually illustrate the promise that we discussed in First Peter 1, 6 through 9, by telling about the impact of a specific su- suffering in your own uh, history. So demonstrate to your people how to intentionally take stock of a trial and identify the ways God has refined you, grown you, blessed you, or whatever through that trial. Mm-hmm. Um, the most, by way of example, the most profound time this happened for me was when I was uh, 27, I think. My wife had an ectopic pregnancy. I was a young uh, pastor. Uh, She almost died. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just lost the baby. She almost died. It was just crazy. Yeah. And I remember a few months later, I mean, it led to a pretty dark season in her life. I remember a few months later, we were driving down the road, and I did this. Just, I I guess the Lord prompted me. I said, okay, love, let's let's make a list of all the just fruit that came out of this. This was... It was the most awful thing we'd been through together. Mm-hmm. Let's let's make a list of of the ways that um, God has fulfilled His promise to have purpose in this. And uh, man, the list that we came up drive. I just remember driving. I think we were driving down US one in Miami, and just tears in my eyes of the way that that God had proven purposeful in uh, our suffering. And I mean, it it changed the way. Even like I said, I was twenty seven, and most of the people in my church were. So 60s and it it's like it changed their perspective on me as a person and as a, suddenly I was able to pastor in a way that I wasn't uh, before and that's one of many 
uh, uh, things that we came up in our list. I would I would encourage you to do a little show and tell about mm-hmm. how you can rejoice knowing trials are purposeful by showing an example from your life of when God proved that to be accurate. Yeah, yeah, and really that kind of brings the brings the quote that's on page forty seven from the from the late R.C. Sproul, and it's really hard to think about him moving from our voices from the church to our voices from church history um, at this stage. It's really weird. Um, but, uh, but what you said is a, is a beautiful illustration of, of this quote. It says, it's because of Christ that our suffering is not useless. Yeah. It is part of the total plan of God who has chosen to redeem the world through the pathway of suffering. And so as you're doing your show and tell in you know, and and don't hear us using that term as as trivializing or anything like that. But what what you need to do is is you really need to make sure that people know that it's actually safe to talk about these things. Yeah, because it is. Um, when it comes to miscarriages and things like this, for example, um, my wife describes it as um, the um, the club that no one wants to admit that they're a part of. <laughs> And because we know a lot of people who, who do and there, but there's something that is healing and life giving about being able to say, this happened to me and this is what God did through it. And for some people, it may be, this is what's happened. And I don't know how God is working. Help me look for it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an opportunity for you to show Christ to those people in your group who have been suffering in silence for a really long time, potentially, um, or very recently um, as well. I don't want to discount that possibility. Um, but being open about this allows us to minister to people in a really profound and powerful way. So take advantage of that. Be be open. Use what God has has done in your life to serve others well. So, Brandon, I think that's uh, probably the the place for us to wrap this up. So um, thanks for listening to this week's Leader Training for the Gospel Project for Adults. And for more resources to help you guide your group through this session, visit gospelproject.com.